Hello and welcome back to another episode of the High School Podcast. My name is Omar and I just wanted to preface this podcast with a little disclaimer that I am not 100% informed in this in the subject that I'm about to speak about, so take everything I say with a grain of salt. I'm not giving you financial advice nor am, uh, pushing you to make any financial decisions. I am just trying to inform you on a subject that I have heavily researched about. How do you go about buying property? Well, if you're buying property, most likely you are already in some sort of stable career. You have a stable sort uh, a stable income. You can make these decisions. Just to preface, buying property is not easy. You have to be able to make sure that you can afford these. There's some quick numbers and calculations that you might have to make before you purchase a house. How are you going to find out what to afford? So the rough numbers on finding out what you're going to be able to afford and what you should not spend is pretty simple. So you should not spend more than 28% uh, of your gross monthly income on a mortgage. And pretty much a mortgage is what you're going to be paying on, on your house. And your gross monthly income is your total monthly income. So what comes in after your taxes? You should also not spend more than 36% of your gross monthly income on total debt, meaning expenses and meaning expenses and other debts such as stuff like house insurance and stuff like that if you are going to be affording a house. Let me give you some example numbers here. So using the average monthly income in Texas, my current state of residence, the monthly income, the average monthly income of a resident of Texas is about $4,381 after taxes. So their mortgage would be about $1.2 grand. And any other debts that they might have, for example, income, uh, some insurance or other, or other stuff like that, is going to be less than or equal to one and a half grand. So in total, they're not going to be spending more than those, than those 64% on their mortgage and, and total debt. Of course, like I mentioned previously, there are some expenses that go into the house that it's not just your mortgage. Let me just go over those really quickly. Some of those could be your property tax. For example, in Texas, the property tax rate is about 1.7% of the property's value a year. So if your property is valued at $100,000, then your property uh, your property tax would be about 1,700 bucks a year. There are also also other things like I mentioned like I mentioned previously. There are insurance. There are a lot of types of home insurances. Too many to go over in this short podcast. But the average homeowner's insurance in Texas is about thirty two hundred dollars a year, or about two hundred seventy one dollars a month. There are also some more common fees called HOA fees or homeowners association fees. They are really common if you plan on buying a condo, townhouse, or another house in a neighborhood. Usually in Texas, HOA fees come to about three grand a year, so two hundred fifty a month on average. And you also can't forget about the basics. But a lot of people overlook utilities when they're budgeting for their house. But so you know, stuff like water, electricity. Just to put it up out there, utilities end up very expensive. In Texas, people pay on average about forty-seven hundred dollars a year. Or 395 bucks a month in utilities. So it's definitely, definitely worth taking into. Actually, it's necessary to take into consideration because it will take a toll on your income. Let's get on to the actual buying of the house. Once you figure out what you can afford, 
there are some loan types that you're going to most likely look into uh, getting. Keep it, most likely, if you're this is if you're buying your first house, you're not going to have enough money to pay the entire bill up front or just pay it directly. So there are some loans you're going to have to consider taking. Today, I have three loans for you here that I would recommend if you do qualify. Because remember, you have to qualify for these loans. The first one that I would recommend is a Federal Housing Association loan or an FHA loan for short. Pretty much you need to have a, a credit score of higher than 500 to qualify for this loan. Based on your uh, credit score, the percentage that you have to put down on the property can change. The average for the limit on an FHA loan in Texas is about 472 grand. Another very, very great loan is the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs loans. If you're an active duty or a retired service member or their spouses, you're qualified for a down payment. So there is no limit on buying your home for your first time. Of course, please do so with discretion, in my humble opinion. Another type of loan is the U.S. Department of Agriculture loan. These loans don't require a down payment and they really don't have a limit. But the purpose of these loans is for people who are low to moderate income and also trying to live in rural areas. So they are, in, in essence, expanding territory. Cool. Once you have your loan and you've already talked to the banks and you've talked to people and you've gotten approved for your loan, you can go on to the next step. The next step would be finding a realtor or a real estate agent. There is a considerable dis uh, difference between a real estate agent and a realtor. A realtor is a licensed member of the National Association of Realtors, or NAR for short. You see, the NAR holds its members to a code of ethics, so they, it can make them slightly more trustable than uh, normal real estate agents. This does not mean that real estate agents do not have any certifications or license. All real estate agents need to have a license to work in the states that they reside in. For example, if you're looking for a real estate agent in Texas, they have to be licensed. So if a real estate, if you're looking for a real estate agent and they are not licensed, then they aren't real real estate agents. So just be careful with that. In order to be careful, what you can do is ask your real estate agent for their license number. Every real every state has their own real estate commission website that allows you to check the legitimacy of a person's license. A good example is in Texas. In Texas, you can visit the TREC. Or the website is going to be trec.texas.gov. There you can check with the per whether the person you plan to employ is licensed. All you do is you type in their license number and you search. And you see if, you, if the person is who they say they are. A good website that I would recommend to find a real estate agent is realtor.com. Spelled R-E-A-L-T-O-R.com. It's a very great location to find a realtor, which like I mentioned before, holds its members to a code of ethics. Once you have your realtor or just real estate agents, you got to find a house, of course. Your purpose is to find a house after all. I mean, that's why you're listening to this podcast. There are many resources to identify houses that are for sales. There are a lot of good websites such as realtor.com and zillow.com. When looking for a house, you have to consider a couple things. You have to consider what features you want to have in your home, whether you want to have a pool or a large yard or all these other things. Maybe you want to have a specific amount of room. All of this must be considered when you're looking for your house. As at the end of the day, this is a very big investment. And this is going to stick with you for a while. So make sure what you buy, you don't regret purchasing. Hallelujah. You have found the house you want to buy. 
what's the next step? So the next step is to just make an offer. By this point, you should already have your pre-approval letter for your loan and a real estate agent or realtor with you to make an offer. So when you go to make an offer, you want to take your pre-approval letter and your real estate agent. You see, you have to consider many, 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 many factors to determine your offer. For example, the condition of the house. This is especially necessary because some houses may be very old or very mistreated. They could have mold and, and a bad foundation that's going to require a, lo a much larger investment than maybe buying a slightly more expensive house, but it's much more well-maintained. So you have to make sure that the condition of the house is completely in shape. And even if there are some issues, make sure that they are not very, very expensive to fix. So do a little bit of research on that, on that regard. Another thing you have to uh, take into account is the neighborhood. Maybe the neighborhood is unsafe, causing the price to be a little bit cheaper. Are you planning to have kids? If so, are these kids gonna are these kids gonna go to school? They most likely are. So you gotta look at what schools are nearby and what facilities are nearby. Are you close to a park, a store? How far away are you from where you work? All of these factors have to be taken into consideration. And of course, most importantly, what are you willing to pay for the property? Are you willing to dish out a very, very large sum of money that you're going to stu uh, struggle to pay with? Or are you going to do a more reasonable amount? It might not be the best house in the world, but you can successfully pay for it. And it won't be a, too much of a financial burden on you and your potential family. For the most part, your real estate agent is going to do a large brunt of the work. But you should still be present and actively discuss with your agent to get the best deal possible. Because at the end of the day, your agent is not you. Although they might have your best wishes at heart, they still aren't you. So you should be there and, and interact as much as possible in order so you can get in order for you to get the best deal for yourself. Once your agent and the seller negotiate and come to an agreement, you, you will be informed of the final price and you can decide whether or not to sign the contract and commit to the purchase. Of course, if you don't really like what they negotiated to, you can always decline or try to renegotiate for a better price. Like I mentioned previously, a big, 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 big part is to make sure that the house is not completely damaged or in bad shape. What you really, really want to do is get inspections done. If you took out a loan, your lender is most likely going to spend some, uh, send someone to appraise the property. And these lenders don't want to pay more for a property than, than what it's worth. So they're, they're going to make sure that the price is acceptable, is an acceptable range of their approval. You should also have a person inspect the property to make sure that there aren't any issues that are immediately apparent. For example, mold or, or bad wood, bad plumbing. And there are some good ways to get these people. Most likely your agent should be able to suggest some reliable inspectors. Ha! Ah, finally, you have the home you want. You're pretty sure you can afford it and you can buy it. So now it's time to close. Once you have all these steps completed, you found your future home. Congratulations. There's one incy-wincy tiny step to settle with the property. This is settlement. This is when you sign the final documents and transfer ownership of the property to you. Normally, about three or four days before your closing date, you're going to get a letter that's going to give you all the information you need and final details of the loan and other closing costs. Make sure that the information lines up with your loan estimate. Again, if you have any questions, ask your agent. They are there to help you. Once it is your closing date, though, you will most likely go to a title company. 
This is where you're going to sign all the final documents that are legally binding. Remember, be sure to read all of these documents very carefully. And if, if need be, you can have someone else there, like your agent, to help read these through with you and, and inform you of all the legalities and binding statements of these, of these documents. And when everything is done, that's it. You are now the owner of your new house. Once you've signed those documents, they're going to hand you the keys and you can move right in. Wow, you did it. You bought your own house. Now what's next? Well, like I mentioned previously, you're going to have a lot of expenses. Your mortgage, your mortgage is probably going to be up there and you're also going to have to pay for most likely insurance and utilities. But if you did all these steps correctly, you shouldn't be too challenged. Remember, you should not spend more than 28% of your total monthly income on a mortgage and 36% on total debt. Keep it low. You should, whatever's left, just budget it out for your living expenses and, and keep on going. There are some mistakes that are commonly, that commonly happen when buying a home. I'm going to go through and run through some of them for you. One of the biggest mistakes is not starting the approval process early. You got to get approved. You got to get a pre-approval for your loans and, and make sure you do this early because it takes some time. And let's say that your dream house goes on sale and it fits your, your, your every criteria. But you're not pre-approved. Someone's going to snatch it up before you. So make sure you get pre-approved well in advance. You also can't just look at one mortgage rate quote. You get a mortgage, uh, a mortgage quote, and it's going to seem time-consuming, but you have to look at the most. Uh, not the most efficient, but the best one for you. You might get some time-efficient quotes, but nothing cost-efficient. Maybe some other lenders are going to give you money that's going to save you much more in the long run versus some short-term lenders. So make sure that you get the right mortgage. Another one is buying homes that you can't afford. You got to make sure that when you buy a home, keep it affordable. Homes are very expensive. They're a lot of people's first big investment. You have to make sure that you're not overselling yourself. It's unfortunate to say, but you have a limit on what you can afford. Be sure to abide by it. Don't go over because it's going to involve a lot of sacrifice and struggle if you do. Another common mistake is not checking your credit score throughout the process. You know, throughout the home buying process, there are a lot of things that can impact your loan approval rate and other things with your credit. Normally, your credit is pulled down during the lender's initial approval, but you have to make sure to keep everything in check. Let's say you apply for new credit cards or fail to make payments. It's going to, your credit score is going to drop and that's going to make it difficult for you to quality for to qualify for finances. So you got to make sure you keep an eye on your credit score. So it's just right for when you go buy that home and get that pre-approval. Like I mentioned before, get a home inspection. It seems costly and it might seem, but it is important. It will prevent you from making one of the biggest mistakes of your life. Make sure these homes are good completely safe there are no big big issue that'll cost a lot of money to, to to afford oh and i can't stress enough to not spend all of your savings that's another big rookie mistake is that people spend and use all of their savings for the down payment like i said don't drain your savings it's going to put you in a very difficult time when other unexpected costs come and leaves you vulnerable for emergency situations you might have to wait a couple years and before you buy your first home and that's completely okay you should save money when you're buying a house. There are fees, there are closing costs and your down payments and insurance, property tax, maintenance, utility, moving, HOA fees. All of these different types of fees will add up. 
So make sure you save and make sure you have calculated all of your in all of your income and expenses. So make sure everything is right and, and you have planned properly for this. Remember, use government-backed loans. These loans are some of the most affordable loans out there. Like I mentioned, FHA loans, VA loans, USDA loans. They are some of the best loans of all time. Also, research the neighborhood. You don't know what's around. There might be some environmental factors that are less than ideal. And don't rush to make your offer. Rushing to make your offer is not great. You might make some emotional decisions. This is your dream home after all. You have to stay away from it. This is probably going to be the largest financial investment you make in your lifetime. So don't just make your emotions... Don't just let your emotions guide you. Also let the fact and, and logic guide you. And those are pretty much the big mistakes that first-time home buyers tend to make. Yes, there are more, but these are the key ones that I want you to grasp on. So I just want to say thank you. Thank you for listening in and good luck, good luck buying that first home. I hope everything goes well. This has been Omar Gonzalez and have a great night.